Good day, everyone. If you are a woman who wants to launch a business or who has launched a business and you've got some saboteurs, things aren't moving along the way they should be, you want to find the confident you? Join us today with Julie DeLuca Collins. Are you facing a crisis in your life or business? It's time to steer yourself in the right direction through the real experiences, passion, and courage of our guests. We're taking the helm with your host, Lynn McLaughlin. Well, Julie, it's a new year. You are our second guest, and um, I am humbled and honored to have someone who is so renowned, and you have so much to share with us. It's really hard to hone in and focus on two or three main topics because you have such a wealth of information. So thank you for being with us. Lynn, you know, the pleasure is mine. I am so honored to be here. You're an incredible woman. You're doing some incredible work. I am so happy that we connected, found each other. And thank you again for the opportunity to be here. Yeah. And, you know, let's just talk because uh, the power of collaboration, everyone. I have a friend, uh, Trish Tonai, amazing lady, collaboration over competition. And that's how Julie and I met right? And that's how a lot of these things happen is when you reach out and open the doors um, to new possibilities, I guess I'll say. A hundred percent, a hundred percent. All right. So Julie, taking the helm, as you and I have discussed, it's, we've got to go back to where you, what happened in your life to take you to where you are today with this amazing business and helping other business owners become successful. What happened? You know, taking the helm, I think it's been a theme throughout my life, and I bet that it is in the lives of many people, and yet we don't recognize that. When I look back, the one moment um, among many, but the one defining moment for me in taking the helm was really at the beginning of the pandemic. I was chief innovation officer for an educational company out of New York. I've been in the education industry for over 20 years and had grown up through and uh, up the corporate ladder. I was loving what I did. I really felt so committed and passionate about helping school districts and students and parents overall. And when the pandemic hit, I knew that we needed to refocus, pivot, do what we needed to, to be able to provide support. At the same time in my personal life, I knew that eventually I wanted to do something different. I volunteer in a lot of programming, leadership programs here in colleges and universities at the time. I was part of the Connecticut Advisory Board for the Governor for Women and Girls. <clears throat> and I knew that that was something that I really felt passionate about. And then the dreaded call came in on a Tuesday from the CEO of the company in New York, and he said hi. I have to do something very difficult. I We are not in a great position. And you and another one of our C-level team members, um, we have to offer you a separation package. Oh. And when he said that, I um, the first thought I had, I'm like, oh my God, yes, of course. How did I not get this? Like, this would be the right thing for the company to survive especially not being able to provide services in school, not knowing where we were going to be. Um, and then the second thought that came was, okay, that's fine. I know exactly what I'm gonna do. And not to take away from the level of grief, because there was a level of grief that came in um, after the shock. <laughs> after the shock, there was when my friend, um, I have a friend that he has the smile method and his second 
pillar and at first is shock and then you go into mock acceptance and I went into the mock acceptance of the situation but I knew that I was going to launch my own thing go on my own do something that I was passionate about which was helping other women lift them up throughout my career I would always hear Lynn from women oh I wish I was as confident as you are I want to fill in the blank and I I don't find myself to be extra confident. Yes, I am confident. I, I am assertive. I raise my hand readily, but I also suffer from that imposter syndrome. I also suffer from not having it together. And yet I keep showing up in that consistent action of showing up and creating the right habits for me. And again, not perfect at it, but I wanted to help other women leverage those tools. And that's how I knew what I was gonna do. And that was my moment of taking the helm. And that's how Go Confidently Services was born. And that and, was taking the helm. And it's been how long now? It's gonna be three years. Exactly. And, Such a short time for how short time. Oh my goodness. Okay, it's so been a wild ride. It's been an amazing ride. Yeah. Well, let's do the let's do the connection to your uh, to your podcast. Well, um, when I launched Go Confidently Services, and, and in the very beginning, I was like, well, I could do this and I could do that. And, and I was all over the place, right? Girl, I call so it girl. Things. Yeah, <laughs> I, I call it attention deficit of O'Shiny. So I was in that moment <laughs> and I immediately was working with a couple different organizations. I was doing some consulting for them and kind of settling in. It was the beginning of April middle no beginning to second week of april and i was supposed to have a big birthday in 2020 that i had been planning a big party i was going to have friends and family and huge now i still in my brain thought oh this party is definitely going to happen this lockdown thing is only a couple weeks oh but my husband um he knew better and he he started to in his very wise way think to himself okay so i have a wife that is an extrovert in lockdown who's not going to have this big party she's been planning and she got laid off what can i do to um do something that will distract her from what could be <laughs> chaos and he ordered podcasting equipment and when they came in he said, happy birthday, you're starting a podcast. And I thought, oh. what? I don't, I don't know, what do you mean? He's like, well, you've always talked about it. You wanted to get your companies to start one and you, they never did. I think that you would be great. And I thought, I wouldn't even know what to do. And he said, of course you do. So um, he's like, I will edit it. I will do the editing because that's something that comes easily. He's done sound uh, in college and he is very techy. And he put me in front of a microphone so we had to come up with a name and I thought well I don't know what why what I would call it because I still you know was not necessarily I, I knew the business was we named the business go confidently services after the quote from Henry David Thoreau go confidently in the direction of your dreams which was a quote my dad said to me forever ago and that became my mantra in my life so go confidently services was the name of the business and again could not figure out and then as we were sitting in the dining room we have a sign that says casa the con the collins because i'm deluca and he's collins oh. and we are casa de collins is what we call it and then i thought huh 
maybe the podcast is Casa de Confidence, where you come and you talk about how you go confidently in the direction of your dreams. In the first episode, my husband interviewed me and we talked about my story. And that's how the podcast began. And that's how he created a little role for him as co-host and psychic for himself, <laughs> which he didn't intend, but now I make him do it. <laughs> but I love that. I mean, for the, the connection to how you came up with the name, that's fantastic. But, you know, every episode in your podcast series, you and your husband have a conversation. And as you've explained to me, it's not scripted. It's just a natural thing that happens. And that's just, oh, it, it's real. It's down to earth. And, and I thank you for making that available to all of us. Oh, well, thank you. You know, and the thing is that friends that know as well will say, this is exactly how Julie and Dean are in real life. It's yeah. not, it's just us, it's our personality, it's how we merge together. And certainly, I love being able to, one, talk about our life, give people a glimpse into me, into our business, because now it's grown into go confidently services is not only my business in which i'm helping women launch and grow a business but there's also the component of our family our home casa de confidence and casa de collins is helping others my husband now has his own little thing in which he is supporting women launch and grow a podcast if that's something they desire because what we found is that many individuals have a message and yet that tech part is the part that creates a lot of difficulty in challenges and takes away their confidence from doing so. So we wanted to change that for them. Well, it's certainly a learning curve. I'll speak to that <laughs> from my own personal experience for sure. All right. So let's jump into, and I'll just give a little context here. My listeners, my regular listeners understand, understand this piece, but when I retired, um, in 2018, a, you know, full-time educator working 60, 70 hours a week in that role, I did that squirrel thing for about a year. I, I really, really did. Um, and I, I made the mistake of not reaching out to someone like you, Julie, to find a mentor when I knew what I wanted to launch my own business, right? So I kind of grappled with it. I'm, I'm in a great place now, but it's taken, it's four years out. It's four years out. So let's uh, let's go back to 2018 or any other person who's thinking about launching a business. Um, you and I have talking about saboteurs. Yes. What do? How is that getting in our way? Well, here here's the thing, and this is one of the things that I've been working with a lot of my clients. And I will tell you that when I work on anything with my clients is because I've done the work myself and I've coached myself. I am my first and most successful client, but also my hardest client to work with. Um, all of us have a judge inside of us that is really always finding fault in what we do. And this is that, you know, cognitive, um, distortions that we say to ourselves and the things that cause a lot of anxiety and suffering and conflict in what we do. We question ourselves and, and, and we can visit as to what, what causes this judge and, you know, what are the things and the lies and that has um, always that is always repeating to you. But also the judge primarily started because it was trying to keep you safe as a child. It was trying to keep you yeah. mentally and physically safe. And eventually those thoughts and behaviors are the ones that actually sabotage you later on as adults. 
And for us, every time as an individual, you know, when we're launching a business, oh, you're not doing it well enough. Look at, right? And we see the gurus online who are doing all the work and we start to compare and despair. That's our judge. Or the one that says, who are you to think you can help someone? Or who are you to think you can start a podcast, Julie? Or who are you? You know, you don't have it all together. You're a mess. That's our judge. Now, depending on who you are, there's other cast of characters who are those, uh, this other saboteurs that can also create a lot of the nonsense and behaviors and things that will keep us from being successful. There's a avoider, saboteur, the controller, the hyperachiever, the hyper-rational, the hyper-vigilant, the pleaser, which many of my clients have a pleaser saboteur, the stickler, the restless, um, and all of these saboteurs end up creating the behavior that directly keeps us from having the success that we want in our lives. So learning how to, one, be aware of the saboteurs, who they are, and how they're sabotaging you is one of the ways in which we can overcome them and really begin to um, tap into our sage tap into the things that help us, being empathetic, being able to find the gifts in the circumstances of life. So these are the things that I teach my clients. We identify their saboteurs because anybody can teach you, use this, this is a business plan, This, these are the things that you need to have in place. But even if you have a website in place, even if you know you need to do this, that, and that, if your mind is sabotaging you, you're not going to be able to get very far and you're not going to be able to get the consistent action to grow your business. So I don't think I'm alone. I think a lot of our audience is, uh, as you were naming the list of saboteurs, I was like, mm-hmm, yes, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. There's more than one. <laughs> there's more than one in there. And I guess the bottom line is there's a lot of work to do to get past those. But once we have, wow, the possibilities are endless. Absolutely. And I will tell you that for me, finding the saboteurs, and this is something that I've done in the last year, I've been going through the positive intelligence uh, program, and I'm going through my certification in that in addition, because I have other coaching certifications. But again, I did this for my own personal growth. I've been dealing as most of us really through navigating the remnants of what the pandemic did for all of us mentally emotionally. So I wanted to be able to grasp at what are these things that continue to trip me up. For me, I will tell you that my top saboteurs, in addition to the judge, number one is the hyperachiever. And the uh. hyperachiever, for as much as it sounds like, oh, that, why would that be a saboteur? Well, they're always constantly depending on um, performing, achieving. And when you are not hitting the perfection mark, then you make yourself feel bad. It, it, and, and yes, there's some strengths to being a hyperachiever. I'm goal oriented, I'm, I'm efficient, I'm driven, I'm pragmatic, but all these things again, are things that at the end can distract me. I can be looking at productivity as opposed to really focusing on the process at times. Mm. The process may be broken and that's why you're not productive, but I'm always, you know, looking for that piece. And I'm thinking that if I'm achieving, I'm going to have happiness and I end up not being as self-accepting as I could. 
So understanding that helps me when I am not moving in the direction that I want or I'm giving myself a hard time, I begin to look at, well, you know, maybe this is a gift that we're not hitting that mark. Maybe I need to be empathetic for myself. I can't judge myself. And this is what I teach my clients as well. Oh my gosh. So, so I I'm using, I'm doing a lot of work with around uh, emotional literacy, especially with children Mm -hmm. and helping adults as well, because we didn't ever use that language growing up. But I'll tell you something I've learned from my niece. She's a co-author of a children's book series we've written. It's Mm self-compassion. So if, if you're that high achiever, like you're talking about, and I haven't like, we haven't met the publication date. Oh my goodness. We found an error in the print proof. We have to go back at it again. It's being able to say, that's okay. (laughs) Yeah. That's okay. And, and moving forward and, and not being so stringent, I guess an old terminology might've been a type A personality. Is Mm -hmm. that part of it too? Absolutely. And you know, the, the type A personality can also be someone who is very hyper vigilant on, on everything. And these things, again, although they're strengths, like you are very aware of danger and you're loyal and reliable and hardworking you end up really giving yourself um, burnout from always being on and not giving yourself grace because the reality is that, and again, as an author, I, I worked so hard on my book. And I think that that publishing is a very real um, hit to your, to, to yourself, to your character, because all of a sudden someone can come in and say, you're not good enough. You're putting yourself out there. You're becoming very vulnerable. And we want to put a product or, or content that someone will find meaning in and really, you know, embrace. But when there's something wrong with it, it's very easy to take that personally. And I know that I did that. Well, and that's one of the biggest, the hugest blocks to people who, are, who want to be an author, who want to publish. It's the vulnerability. What will people think? Uh, why, why people will judge me well, exactly what you just said a minute ago, Julie, why does she think that she could write something like this? Um, so your book is called be confident or oh, so confident, confident you, you. Yes. confident you. All right. Mm-hmm. Share with us a little, give us uh, one of your, let's talk about what your favorite, favorite piece in writing the book was. And that's hard because I'm sure you love it all, but if you could pull out well, one thing that would resonate. Yeah, so I will tell you, and this is um, right to support what we've been talking about. One of my favorite things about writing the book, and I always knew I was going to write a book. I actually, this is not my first, what is my first published book, but I wrote another book, and that's what I wanted to put out. And when I started to work with with an editing, with a publishing team, they said, no, this is not your first book. And I thought, what? What do you mean? Um, So that was very tough. And then I started going through the process of writing this, and I knew that this was really what I wanted to share with others. Um, I got to a point in which I got the first edit, the, the, the comments from the editor, and I was frozen. I thought, mm. oh no, I can't do this. And, and I really um, did not think at that point. And I kind of like put it away, did not go back to it. And it wasn't until I was getting close to a deadline that my husband again and he's my partner in life and business and he said let's work on that and i'm like no i can't do it (laughs) and he basically pulled up a chair and he said let's do it together and if it wasn't for him uh, and and there were times in which again i would resend another draft and the editor would say you need to expand on this 
And I'm like, what do you mean? I'm explaining <laughs> it very well. And I, this is as clear as it can get. And my husband knowing me so well, he's like, mm, not really. I know what you're trying to say, but this doesn't make sense. And then he really, he gets uh, an, an editing award because he really sat and it was a labor of love. He really um, was there to support me because I did a lot of the writing first early in the morning. I would get up super early in the morning and I would do a lot of the writing, but toward the end, um, we would work on it together and then I would go back and do more writing at the end of the day. And that's how it happened. That's another key key thing is to find out what works for you and where you can write. My big, my big, it always came back to me about creating scenes, creating a scene where people who are reading can actually be there sitting with you. And that brings your book to an entirely different level. That's hard to do. You have to learn how to do that. It takes a lot of practice. So editors know what they're doing, everybody. Yes, uh, do. it, it does pay off to listen to them. Oh, Julie. Okay. You have so many different umbrellas, so many things that you're offering. Let's just share with our audience some of the tidbits you have, some of the resources that you have available. Well, so a couple of different things. And as I mentioned, I am going through the positive intelligence certification, but I'm already coaching as a mental fitness coach, a lot of my clients and other corporate clients as well, but predominantly the mental fitness program in which I help you identify your saboteurs is really something that goes hand in hand with tiny habits. I'm a tiny habits certified coach, and I use both of these things to help you either build or grow a business. Um, again, my signature program is Confident You. And depending on where you are in the in your business, you can start off with Confident You Build It. That's if you're starting out, you don't even know what comes first, second, or third in launching a business. And then there's Confident You Grow It. This is maybe you've been in business for a while, mm. yet maybe you are stuck in that um, seesaw or that feast or famine phase in which you're doing really well one month and another month you're not getting anybody so depending on where you are we really identify what are the things what are your saboteurs what are the habits the tiny habits and i teach you the tiny habits framework so that you can create the right structure for yourself to create the action that actually um, helps you sustain and grow your business consistently. And then I give you all of the other different tools that a, a regular business coach would do. We talk about email marketing, productivity. We talk about how do you create a quarterly plan? Because this is the other thing that many people do is they do not have a plan. And when I started my business, I sort of knew what I was doing, but it wasn't until I said to myself, wait a minute, I need to run my business like a business. When I was in corporate and I was part of the C-suite, we created a strategic plan. We had a business plan. We had a marketing That's plan. Right. We had a sales yeah. calendar. So when you are very clear and you are a teacher, you're a former teacher. I was a former teacher too. I know that you need to follow a lesson plan. So every day <laughs> long, long, long plan. range plans. <laughs> That's right. And, and yeah. I have a little scope and sequence for my business and for you my clients. It. So I bring in the approach of that teacher mentality along with the business world and help individuals. And again, this is very tailored and individualized to my my clients, whether you're working with me in a group or whether you're working with me on a one-to-one -one basis is really tailored to, to the individuals and where they are in their business. And that's my coaching program. It's time to take a short break. <laughs> when a child you know feels worried or scared, do they have the tools they need to make positive decisions? 
The Power of Thought Children's Book Series, winner of the Mom's Choice Award, is what you've been looking for. The children on the planet Tesra cannot hide their emotions because they haven't learned how to control them yet. Imagine glowing in the color of how you are feeling. Each book in the series begins with a conflict that every child can relate to and teaches an evidence-based strategy that adults can model. Children will learn in a fun way how to problem solve to find positive solutions to everyday situations. The Power of Thought Children's Book Series has been developed alongside clinicians, educators, and parents to use as a proactive resource in teaching children emotional literacy. We are Tesranians who hover and live on a planet made of crystals. Join us and have some fun. You can become an alien too. Read these imaginary and practical books to your child, your grandchild, or to your students so they can start practicing the strategies right away. Check it out at lynnmclaughlin.com under the books tab. <laughs> now let's get back to our guest. I also have, of course, a radio show, but I have uh, the right, well, the podcast, but all, now the radio show. And the radio show is an opportunity to really grow in community with Confident You. I have some incredible resident experts that are part of the radio show, in addition to the interviews of people like you. And this is how we met. I brought you one for the radio show and the podcast because I want to bring stories of really incredible people who are living in their purpose and really making an impact and creating the ripple effect to change the world. Oh, you're so, 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 so kind. Okay. You, I, I want to just a few things going back to what you all just said, and you know, my memory sometimes doesn't kick in right away, but oh, I mean, action plans. Thank you so much because I am done. And I know so many people are done with the philosophical. Let's say, for example, you helped me identify my saboteurs and they said, Oh, okay. See you later. You know, <laughs> I need those step-by-step -step actions. And, and then, it, you know, the other piece about having a plan, if we don't have a plan, we flounder and, and being able to hold ourselves accountable, right? I haven't met. Okay. I haven't met that. I got to flex my plan. I have to back things up. I got to move things over. Or maybe I have to rebrand a few years in that's all okay. But without having a plan, you just kind of, you just, what do you do floating? You're just floating on the ocean going, wow, where, are, where, where am I going to find a boy somewhere? I don't know. <laughs> yeah, the plan for me is very key. Once a year, I host um, my CEO retreat. And again, this is probably airing a little bit after the CEO retreat takes place. Okay. But on a quarterly basis, I also re help people who attended the retreat and anybody who is interested come in. And we go back and revisit the plan that you created for the year and the individual 90 day plans, because we break that into manageable chunks many of us create and say oh i want to do this for the year but you're not breaking it down into a 90-day plan into a monthly plan weekly and daily and for me and i know that for my clients as well having that roadmap because life happens lynn right yeah. there's a lot of different things that end up hitting and coming up and for instance you know my mom is visiting right and i love having my mom here it's been a terrific thing but, however yes. it is life and it can sidetrack me well i look where i am i'm not in my studio i exactly. <laughs> just set it up temporarily because you know we have people sure. home and visiting and the studio becomes a, a guest it, room make it work yeah that you do plan. so for me on the days that i could be kind of off kilter i can come and i know 
that every Monday is an administrative day for me. I know that Tuesdays is typically yes. the days that I record. Wednesday is my days that I work with clients. Thursdays is a networking day and content creation because our brain really, that's the other oh, thing that God. we don't realize. There's some, our brain cannot go from one task to the other. You're either in a creative more mode or a logical mode. And many people think, oh, I'm gonna work on this and I'm gonna go to that. And, and you're, <laughs> then you're really um, distracted or aim, unable to stay on task because your brain is having to switch from one to the other task. Whereas for me, if I'm doing the tasks that are very creative, like content creation, and that's that's great and i can be very creative and it flows and on the days that i need to be very logical and look at my pnls and say okay am i being profitable is this working how is it not working what do i need to change then that's on a separate day and i'm working at my optimal and those are the things that um really help my clients i have one in particular who unfortunately had her son pass away over mm. the summer and it was devastating for her but one of the things that she said to me when she she actually came and we we did an intensive day for her because she was having a big event for her business and she decided to move forward with it and uh, she said I would have never been able to know where to start mm -hmm. had it not been for me having a plan that was sort of that roadmap and it became a place where I can find comfort in in the chaos of everything else that was going on. Oh. And that's what I'm hoping to continue to help others do. Well, it's a new year. You're the second, I think, uh, person in 2023. So we've talked about, you know, the, uh, uh, the, what's the word, the cognitive piece. Mm -hmm. We've talked about the planning piece, a little bit of creating. Let's go into the emotional, mental well-being. Mm -hmm. What would you suggest to us as we start out a new year? You know, one of the biggest things that I do, and I actually just finished a blog post, and it's, it's um, a second blog post on this topic, and, and it's so important to me. You're going to see it a lot at the end of the year, beginning of the year, in which you can create your goals, you can create an intention. I, for many years, um, and before it was even in vogue, I always picked a word for the year. Since 1989, I started word. doing this. And yes, that's I can tell you how old I am. Let's not go there. It wasn't a word at the time. It was sort of a phrase. And I decided, you know, I don't like these uh, resolutions. And I decided I would pick a phrase at that time that would make me feel connected to how I wanted to show up for the rest of the year. And my phrase for 1989 is like, what the hell? I'll do oh. it. <laughs> and I love it. Anytime that I had a choice to make, I'm like, what the hell is 1989? I'll do it. And it really helped me step out of my comfort zone and try new things and make decisions when sometimes you become so paralyzed by life or you procrastinate doing the thing. Um, but it really helped me. And I noticed that unlike having a resolution that into February you're done or forgotten, <laughs> when you start to beat yourself up again, right? Your judge starts to show up. Oh, you couldn't do it. And you don't measure up, etc. I started to notice that that was a great way to propel me. And again, over the years, I typically will say, well, what do I want to accomplish? Where do I want to be? What's important to me? What are the priorities right now in my life? And mm -hmm. I look back at the year and what I did the year before, and then I come up with one word now. And that word is the one that helps me. And I oh. will encourage the listeners, Lynn. Yeah. 
There are so many different choices of what we can do. But at the end of the day, what is your legacy going to be? And when you want people to describe you or you want to be talked about, you know, what are the attributes, the adjectives, and what were the things that you had to do to embody those things? That is always something that helps me connect to the person that I want to become. And again, I am not perfect. Let me tell you, I can be here all day naming flaws. But in the middle of beating myself up with my saboteurs or, you know, being in the middle of a, a behavior that maybe it's not what I want, right? I reconnect with that embodiment of who I want to become. For this past year, my word was connection. Uh And I knew that I wanted to create deep, lasting relationships, connections with people that were aligned. And here you are. Here we are. Here we are. Here we are. (laughs) Um, That throughout my days, even if I was not looking at my plan, right? I would go back and I actually, that's my word up there in in that little thing behind my desk. You can't see it because it's on the sidewall. But when I walk into my office every morning, that's the first word I see, connection. So it reminds me that, am I connecting? Am I creating deep, meaningful connections throughout the day? So find the thing that you want for your life, find that word and use it throughout your life so that it can reconnect you to your purpose. It can reconnect you to the action that you need to get to your purpose. All right. There's a challenge for all of us. I'm sure people are, I I have five, six, seven words, but I mean, I need to sit down. This probably takes, oh, for me, it's going to take about a week. Got to find that calm time, that present time that, you know, yeah, absolutely. You know what I'm looking and I'm pretty, I would say almost narrowed it down i have three and i'm not going to announce it yet because i don't want to <laughs> announce it here and then all of a sudden pick something else You'll switch. i have three and i'm thinking okay what do i want what does that mean and what will bring me joy and at the end of the year in december of 2023 what would make me feel like okay i did it i, I, I did it. that, that word so well, you definitely did the connection for 2022. I'll give you that for sure. <laughs> All right, um, Julie, you have so much. I'm so. Where can people find you on your website? And I understand that you have a couple of uh, freebies that people can Absolutely. look into right away, see if there's a connection, and then possibly reach out to you. Well, the first way that you you can find me is goconfidentlycoaching.com. I'm Julie DeLuca Collins on all of the social media platforms, including TikTok, by the way. Yeah. I thought I would be at, but here I am. <laughs> and I love it. It's, it's probably my favorite platform right now because it's very um, uncurated, I guess. And, and I, yeah. I can uh, definitely um, meet and connect with other people. When I'm in TikTok, and I have to tell you, a quick story my mom has been visiting like i said and she and my husband were on TikTok. my husband was showing her and the first thing she says to me she's like you went on TikTok, didn't you didn't have any makeup on and your eyebrows you could have at least combed your eyebrows and i'm thinking did you hear what i said like <laughs> i was really sharing something like that was a being a homo <laughs> anyhow but i think that that's what it is that we we still have those saboteurs who are telling us hey you need to have makeup on or why would you say that or or who are you to think that you can be there so that that's the key um speaking of saboteurs if you go to goconfidentlycoaching.com which is my website but then do forward slash quick links you can take the saboteur quiz and you can 
see who your top saboteurs are. And it will give you some tips on how to really begin to not only be aware of them, but really be able to start to make them be quieter voices in your life. And the other thing you can find in that quick links is you can find tiny habits. If you want to figure out how to incorporate tiny habits method to your life so that you can create big change through the habits you have, I teach you a tiny habits method and it's free. All of these resources are free to, to anybody who goes there. And of course, how to create a, a plan, how to, um, the, my top resources, you can find all of that in there. You know, tiny habits, everybody who's listening, tiny, tiny does not make it sound like, oh, I could do that, right? Maybe that's the first step. Just go in and take a look at the tiny habits and then and then go from there. Because, you know, from my experience and all of the people who've been on Taking the Helm, and I think you're, uh, you are guest 112, I think now, it, it comes down very, very often to baby steps and then it celebrating sure and celebrating what all those baby steps add up to. So yeah. and by the way, Dr. Fogg, who wrote the book, Tiny Habits, and is the founder of okay. the Behavioral Lab at Stanford, this is, he's been doing research, behavior research for a long time. Your change, your brain changes when it feels good. So when you actually accomplish something and you celebrate yourself, it's what actually helps you create the new behavior you want. When we beat ourselves up for not doing the thing, right? And if your your New Year's resolution is that you're going to go to the gym every day and then you don't do it because you're not working out for an hour or running five miles a day, mm. you're going to beat yourself up. And pretty soon your brain is like, mm, no, I'm out. I'm not doing that. Yeah. Uh, motivation is not what actually creates new behavior, is something doable and then creating the automation in your brain. And that's what the tiny habits method will help you do. And I am happy yeah. to walk you through the five day um, free challenge and you get coaching for five days on how to create your tiny habits and incorporating them into your life. And I'm making sure in every single episode, we make a connection to children's uh, emotional health. And just imagine everyone, if we're in the best place that we can possibly be, how that just permeates, how that our children see it, our children feel it, our children, you know, they model us, they follow us. So if we can do better for ourselves, we're doing better for the children around us in our lives. Absolutely. And you know, my niece, who is a little mini me at times. Yes. I have taught her little tiny habits yeah and i have taught her a lot of identifying also some of this framework of the saboteurs and she's learning violin she uh was really she's a high achiever as well i don't know how this happened but the other day she's practicing and and she had a recital and wasn't able to um she she didn't perform as well and i said well what was the one good thing about it and because it's really easy and so if we learn this then we can help to model that behavior for the children coming behind us a wonderful way to close <laughs> i thank you so much for joining us julie and i wish you all the best and i know that we will stay connected and i look forward to hearing what your word for 2023 is going to yes, be yes you will you will get my email with the big <laughs> okay. announcement <laughs> oh and there's another thing sign up for julie's email list because her tidbits are, are they, they, you know you get emails very often that are funnels that are just you know oh i actually just leave them i unsubscribe right away but your yours are very helpful julie and you know they resonate a lot a lot of it is oh i have to think about that and then and then go back to it so i thank you for that as well well thank you for saying that that means the world to me you know again my aim has been to connect 
for this year and will continue to be so for years to come. Mindset is such a powerful thing, isn't it? We'll see you in two weeks time. Stay healthy and safe, everyone. Thanks for tuning in and posting your review of Taking the Helm on your favorite platform. We'll give you a shout out in a future episode. To be inspired by people who are steering us in the right direction, go to lynnmclaughlin.com where you can search previous guests by the topic of your choice. And while you're there, download Lynn's gift. There's more than one way to get through a crisis.